Welcome to Stranger Bridgerland Podcast. True stories of the paranormal, ghosts, hauntings, cryptids, glitches, and more. Hi guys, welcome back. I guess welcome back for us. We've been gone for a week. Um, didn't get any stranger podcast podcast in, but we're back. We're back. We had a good time though. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know, we got a chance to go to Tulum, Mexico and do some sightseeing. We went and saw Chichen Itza. Uh, Chichen Itza and all of the cool cenotes down there and visit some spooky spots and it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was really cool. Um, it was actually a dream of mine to go to Chichen Itza and see the sacrifice altar and the ball court and the temples and um, our guide that we had that went through there, she was really cool. She had some great insight. I'm talking about you know, the human sacrifice that went on there. And it was funny because when she talked about it, she emphasized over and over and over again that it was a great honor to be sacrificed or have your children chosen to be sacrificed. But I think she's gotten a lot of, of flack in the past from people that are like, that can't be right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she mentioned as well, which is true, that there was a lot of sacrificing a lot of different cultures back then. Um, human sacrifice, animal sacrifice, it's uh, a sacrifice of blood is like a huge thing um, back in the day. Uh, and so, yeah. um, but it was interesting because just to go over briefly some of the stuff we learned and um, was reiterated. So um, only once a year were people allowed from the villages to come to Chichen Itza. Well, it was twice a year for the equinox. Oh, to, for the equinox, that's right. And um, they would wander around and the priests would go around and select children from the families. And the boys were sent to basically camp where they trained for that ball game. Mm -hmm. um, where they had to hit the ball through the hole uh, with everything but your hands. And they trained until they were 18. And the girls that were chosen uh, went to the temple um, until they were 18 and they were treated really well until they were 18 and then the boys competed in the ball game there in front of all of the um, elite people in the stadium and they had several different uh, palaces that they watched from she right. pointed those out yeah. yeah from the palaces and um some people one thing that people don't realize is that it was the mvp the winner of the game, meaning the one guy who did get the ball through the hole, which sometimes took days. They said the game went on for days, but it was the winner that got sacrificed. And the that MVP. was the honor. Mm -hmm. And then, and then the loser was the loser and had to be the bad guy that that, that chopped his head chopped off. Chopped his head off. Right, right. And they gave him um, some drink uh, to get him a little intoxicated before they chopped their head off. But then the priest took his heart to the sacrificial altar where it was eaten by jaguars and and um, birds of prey. And, then and the this... head was put on a spike, yeah, on the wall. And they had a, a hieroglyphs of all the MVPs on, yeah. on the head thing. They, yeah. they had 
it's kind of a joke to say that, but that all the hieroglyphs around this place where they put their head on a post um, was just all skulls. And she goes, guess what these are pictures of? All the winners. All the winners. Yeah, the winners' skulls. So it was like we went to the Hall of Fame for that ball game and seen, you know, they didn't have stats, obviously, because they all only scored once. But Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. she talked about how how the Mayan people were sort of short and mm-hmm. how really the, the game was very difficult because this, I mean, those hoops were way up really high. Really high, yeah. But, um, yeah, it was pretty interesting when she showed us the hieroglyphs and she's like, see the head here and the arm here and this on, you know, the stick on this guy that he was able to use for the game. And they're like, see this guy, what's missing? Oh, oh his head. His head. And they're spurting They're things. spurting blood out of the top. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's what happened to the boys. And then the girls, um, when they got to be 18 years old, they dressed him up really nice. They gave him a ton of jewelry to wear. Got them again with the liquor. Yeah, and it was, and this was to celebrate the equinox. It was um, a sacrifice to the rain god. Rain god, yes. That was the most important god for them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then they marched him down a path from the temple... Um, out it was uh, I can't remember how far it was we walked it um, down to the cenote that was down away and then they would uh, push the girl in and with all the weight of all that jewelry she would sink to the bottom and drowned yeah they did say they they sort of gave her a nice drink right they gave them drink as well which they offered for sale in the shop yeah right this is very similar except no marijuana there's no (laughs) marijuana in this one but yeah Uh, what was funny too is that they they took our picture and then they plastered it on the bottle. And they're like, if you really like it, you can buy it. And it's got your picture on it. And it's got it. your picture on it. And if you don't, then we'll have to just spend a lot of time taking your picture off. <laughs> and it'll be... We didn't we didn't buy it, but <laughs> it was still interesting to, to do. But um, And speaking of um, Chichen Itza, which is, um, was probably one of my favorite things that we saw down there... Um, in, outside of Tulum, it's actually in Yik, uh, Yik, the Yucatan, 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 Yucatan. Yucatan. Okay, first of all, I'm gonna say I'm gonna try some of these words today, and I'm gonna slaughter a lot of them. So I apologize ahead of time. It's not the easiest for me, but yeah, we actually drove up on a bus. It's a two-hour drive from Tulum up to Chichen Itza, and we stayed and we went to uh, Cenote as well. Oh, it's gorgeous. It was gorgeous, but um, looking up some of the the paranormal things from Chichen Itza, um, there's obviously a lot of ghosts they see um, there, uh, including the girls dressed in in their, you know, um, they're not gold. There wasn't gold, but their um, ornate stuff, obsidian and and jewels, and yeah, all kinds of jewels. Um, They see those girls. They see. uh, hauntings of the boys playing the games in there, the the ball pit. Um, at some point, they've talked about seeing floating the floating girls in the lagoon in the cenote where they drowned them, um, which is really kind of creepy. Uh, Let's just say I wouldn't want to be on that three quarter mile hiking trail like at night. At night, right? That would be mm-hmm. so and. And, you know, we've done, a, Annie and I have done a few investigations with some groups where we went out and stuff. And I personally, I mean, if you could get the opportunity to take a group there at night, that would be so cool. I would do it in a heartbeat. But yeah, I don't I'd know. stay home and you could tell me how it went. 
I'd do it in a heartbeat. That would be so cool. One day when we're, you know, when we're friends with Josh Gates, we'll talk him into letting us do that. And he'll yeah. be like, oh, yeah, I can talk them into letting you do that. That'd be cool. And camp so, out there at night. And camp out there. And get behind the, the ropes that they have up, the chains that, you know, so you they don't let people. Watch out for cheetahs and stuff. Yeah, like, you do. There's yeah. cheetahs in the in the forest. There's all kinds of... We'd be walking and there'd be, you know... I, I'm familiar with a lot of animals here, obviously, in northern Utah is where I grew up. But we'd be walking along and then there would be just another freaky animal walk out on the path. And we're like, wow, that's cool. Yeah, there was um, like a ring-tailed lemur thing. No, it was kind of like a lemur. Lemurs are in Madagascar, but... It looks like somebody took a, a raccoon and stretched it out. Mex- is what looking... Mexican trash panda. Yeah, Mexican trash panda. Um, and they're actually related to raccoons, but yeah, it looks like they're stretched out. They were kind of cool. We um, saw a little baby pig yeah. of some sort. I don't yeah. know what they're called. Yeah. Um, and uh, just some really cool animals. Lots of cool birds, too. But definitely would be fun uh, to go and to Chichen Itza at night and do an investigation. I would do that in a heartbeat. That would be so cool. And I know a lot of investigators that would love to do that too. I wish they would have let us inside the temple. It was it was nice that our um, guide told us a lot about the Mayan calendar and the sim- symbolism of the big temple. And there's mm-hmm. a smaller, the smaller temple, temple on the inside. And they yeah. have the three calendars. It was it was really interesting. Right. And they also talked about, which, is, which was really cool, is if you guys all remember in 2012... When supposedly it was the end of the world because it was the end of the Mayan calendar. And she explained how it's not the end. It's just the end of an era on the Mayan calendar. And um, and she explained it. And what was cool about that is our calendar, the Gregorian calendar that we go off of, there's um, it's so far off, it's like six, was it six hours off. Well, they said six seconds a day. So, no, no, that's, no, the Mayan calendar is only off um, 14 oh, seconds a year, oh. and ours is off six six hours a year, so that's why we have to have a leap year, yeah. and theirs are, are much, their calendar is much more precise, so, which was fascinating, and then we also got our, our uh, Mayan, birth certificate. Mayan birth certificates, which was cool, and talked about the animals that you are, and related to, and everything colors. like that, and colors. But it was uh, fun. It was fun. Um, a few other things that happened there. There's uh, UFO sightings there at Chichen Itza. Really? There has been UFO sightings, which has been really kind of cool. Well, the aliens might have a desire. That's like like one of their lifetime goals, too, is to visit Chichen Itza. <laughs> right, I mean, maybe. To you be never fair. know. You yeah. never know. Um, the other thing, too, that I found fascinating is in Chichen Itza and around Chichen Itza, there are the Alexis, Alexis. Now, those are um, fairy spirit type people that the Mayans talk about, which um, they're little people, hmm. like almost like leprechauns, their version of the leprechaun that lives in the forest. Um, they're only about knee high um, and run around, and there's been sightings of them there as well. Um, very, li- very similar to the leprechaun and gnomes of Eastern Europe. What comes to mind is those movies where they've got the little bamboo sticks and they're spitting poison. Oh yeah, at they're you. doing. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. what I think of when I think of little people in the, right. in the jungle. Right. Um, and in uh, oh uh, Moana, uh, yeah Moana when they're getting chased by that boat of little people and with the things and the, the masks. Heads. Yeah, that's what came to mind too. But again, we talked about this before, but I think it's fascinating that each culture 
has its own, you know, uh, small. little small people and and different creatures that all match up with each other, but they have different names because they're from different parts of the world. I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. But apparently those show up there at Chichen Itza as well. So you've got ghosts, UFOs, little people. Um, all kinds of pleasantries to see <laughs> if you camp out at night. Right. Yay. That's the, that's the thing. I'd, I'd go there at night just to avoid the thousand of people trying to sell you something there at Chichen Itza. Yeah. There were so many people. There were so many vendors. Yeah, vendors there. Um, I'd love to go there at night. That would be so cool. That would be awesome. You you go with me. I know you would. So I'm shaking my head. You can't see. <laughs> uh, we we obviously chose Mexico, Stranger Mexico, because we were just there. And um, I wanted to talk about some of the more famous things, famous um, hauntings. And when I got into it, there is a ton of different hauntings in Mexico and a ton of different things that go on there. And I wanted to just talk about and hit some of my favorites, like Chichen Itza. Um, but in the area called Durango, near Durango, which is in the northern part of Mexico, there's a part of the desert that's called the Silent Zone, okay? And it's a part of the desert out there that is extremely strange, like really weird things go on there. Um, it's very close to like the um, Bermuda Triangle in the fact that strange weather happens. Uh, radio signals won't go in and out of there. Like if you go out there, you can't use your cell phone, obviously. You can't use a radio. Your radio signals can't get out. Compass goes crazy and wild. It's hard to get out of there, find your way out. Which, you know, all goes along with with different strange places like that all over the world. There's places like this. But this place is big with ufologists because UFOs happen a lot out there. They see a lot of UFOs out there. And... Um, they also see balls of light um, that will be wandering the desert, which is kind of cool. There is a lot of um, ghosts out there as well. Um, people who have tried to put roads through there, they've tried to put pipelines through there. Um, it's almost like it's cursed because everything goes wrong when you try and go out there and do anything. Hmm. Like your equipment breaks down, your batteries die, your radios won't work. They just, I mean, there's nothing out there because... It's, it's hard to put even a road through there, how strange it is and everything going on. Well, you hear of, of paranormal being a lot of times around water because water mm -hmm. carries like an energy with it. Right. But I wonder what what the draw is out there. If the, I mean, in the desert, there's the lack of lack water. Of water right. So I wonder what kind of energy source is used for the paranormal out there. And that's and that's a good point, too. Like you say, water draws it. I know that certain rocks supposedly do. Certain types of granite um, can concentrate energy, according to some uh, paranormal investigators and ufologists. Um, so it might be something running underground there. Um, it also might be something weird going on out there, like a UFO base or something like that, because another thing that happens there that doesn't happen a lot of other places is people talk about um, running into tall, blonde, Nordic people out there in the desert. Nordic? Yeah. So there's there's an alien race. There's different kinds of alien races that they talk about. And one of them is the Nordic race, which are tall, blonde. They, they say Nordic because of North, um, you know, you think of... You think of Thor, right? Mm -hmm. in, in the movies, Thor. What is he? Tall, blonde, long, blonde hair. 
this is what they look like. They're fair-skinned, tall, blonde. In particular, there's three of them that walk around out there that people run into. A female, a girl, and then two males. Um, and what's funny is they'll show up. Uh, several times people have talked about their car breaking down. And all of a sudden, these three people show up and help them get their car going and get them out of there. Wow. Or they'll just kind of show up out of nowhere um, when people are out there. At least they're handy. <laughs> yeah, at least they're helpful, right? Um, but, yeah, again, they've talked about... But but the other thing that's weird is if it's if it's somebody who speaks English that's gets, that runs into them, they speak English. If it's um, people who speak Hispanic or uh, Spanish, sorry, Hispanic, Spanish, they speak Spanish. They speak everybody's language when they run into them out there, which is really kind of weird. Hmm. Um, there's reports of a UFO that's crashed out there that the United States crossed the border to go get it from Mexico um, and from the Mexican government in there. But, uh, again, really weird things that go on out there with, um, like I said, Nordic aliens, ghosts, balls of light, UFOs, losing your signal, just all kinds of weird things that go on out there. Um, well, that brings up an odd question because... If the U.S. government has obviously spent so much time covering up the alien stuff, I mean, we're coming mm -hmm. towards a disclosure, we hopefully. Hope. Um, but there's got to be other governments out there and other places out there that have had similar experiences. And, like, it surprises me that they are not also publishing that information. Like, we can't keep them from publishing that information, can we? No, we can't. And that's the funny thing is it's really suppressed but a few years ago i can't remember how many years ago i i might i would have to look this up but the canadian minister of defense so he's a big wig in a press conference said the americans know about aliens they've been working with them for years we all know that he said that in a press conference but did we hear anything about that no so they're just maybe suppressing the the briefs and things that are maybe coming out yeah in other countries okay yeah I got you. that's how they're keeping it under wraps that's here. how they're keeping it under wraps here yep and when um the ussr uh, collapsed and turned back into russia and the other ones a lot of information got out and they knew a lot about it as well but the one thing that's different is um the belief that the united states government or in particular a black government and that's or black government works underneath regular government like it like the dark web yeah kind of like the dark web it it works independent of senators congressmen us and the president like even the president doesn't know everything it's almost like um, a secret organization that runs underneath our, our, our government that runs all the black um, budget stuff they know about UFOs and aliens. They are working with them directly. Um, and because there's a new president every four years, they probably have this thing where they're like, well, we don't need to tell him anything because he's going to be gone in four years and this doesn't have anything to do with him. It's so. like the men in black. Right, exactly. And, you know, it gets into this wild and crazy... Um, conspiracy. Uh, conspiracy theory stuff, right. And, you know, I, I, I'm kind of presenting the information as to what uh, a lot of people believe um 
I'm not sure what I believe. I know that I think they... I do believe fully that they have a lot more knowledge than they're sharing with me. How far it goes, I don't know. Just from all of my experience with um, interviewing and talking to people and studying UFOs and everything, I, the government knows a whole lot more than they're telling us. Yeah. Lots more. How far? I don't know. You know? And so it's it's all very interesting and it's kind of cool and we hope for disclosure but we'll see what happens yeah but yeah so that's the the silent zone outside of durango again more ufo stuff which is cool uh and so i went into mexico city is like this huge city too um for those of you don't know it's like an enormous city mexico city and there's a ton of haunted places in in mexico city i picked a couple of my favorite um, there's a children's cemetery in Mexico City where only children can be buried. And I would love to tell you that name, but I couldn't pronounce it to save my life, so I'm not going to. You can look up children's cemetery in Mexico City. And it is extremely haunted. Like, apparitions of children and voices, children's voices, children laughing coming from it at night, which is all super creepy to begin with. But... Well, here's um, something that I noticed as we were driving in these excursion buses, different places. I would notice these little houses. They were Mm -hmm. smaller than dog houses, but they weren't mailboxes. Mm -hmm. There were these little houses everywhere, and we always passed it before I could show John. But um, I saw these little houses, and then in one of the excursions, we went to this this park that had all these animals and, and exhibits and things, and they had a cemetery. And the very first thing I noticed is that all of the graves were shaped like little houses Mm -hmm. and so i guess there's something in that culture around maybe a house for the spirit Mm, or a place that they can stay but it was weird to me that all of the and i started to realize when i saw those on the side of the road that they were probably like what we would see across on the side of the road if somebody maybe died there right And, and that's and that's exactly what's going on there and what's interesting too about um different cultures from around the world we we watched a show about this the other day um some cultures and even in south american cultures they keep the skulls of the dead of dead relatives in their house yeah that was weird and celebrate them every so many years and dress them up and give them sunglasses and cigarettes and put a hat on them put a hat hat on them if they're cold yeah so the skull and and then you have the deus deus the day of the dead yeah, in some, something muerto. Day is muerto. Yeah. Uh, the Day of the Dead in Mexico where, you know, they celebrate your ancestors and build shrines to them or have shrines to them yeah. and stuff. And so culture's a lot different. No matter where you go, your culture's going to be a little bit different, you know. We, some places think it's really weird that we, um, we embalm our dead relatives and make them dress them up nice to look at them once and then bury them and put them under the ground and you know and so it's, it's super weird that wet way um mm-hmm. the united states is one of the last places where you can still usually get buried and left there i know when my grandmother in europe died um she didn't buy a plot they rented it you rent it for five years they don't embalm you only five years about five to seven years is what it is about seven years and they um, they don't embalm you they put you in a disposable cactus cactus casket excuse me and um then for seven years you have that plot but within seven years your body's decomposed and the caskets collapsed on you and they just bury somebody else on top of you because there's not the room it's crazy i know 
and that's weird to me. Um, and uh, it's 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 kind of death culture and um, the way people take care of their dead and and celebrate their dead is is different all over, and it can be macabre to some of us, you know what they do, but. And again, an, an entire, like we're talking about a children's cemetery that's haunted in Mexico City. It's kind of weird to think of a cemetery just for children. That would be like a super sad, super yeah. sad place. It would be a super sad place. But um, it's, it's, it's fascinating. And it's very haunted, this cemetery. Um, there's, like I said, you know, you can hear them laughing and playing in the cemetery at night. Um, there's two... Um, prominent ghosts that people see a lot uh, one's called Nina it's a little girl her favorite thing to do is the road that runs next to the cemetery run out in front of cars to get them to swerve and crash and oh. then she laughs and leaves that's super kind of her <laughs> that's wow yeah a Nina. lot of a lot of car car accidents happen there because she j runs into the road Nina's and they, a troublemaker. Yeah, troublemaker and then the cars will swerve and crash to avoid her and then she's seen laughing and running back into the cemetery. Um, Nina's kind of mean. That's kind of mean, yeah. That's kind of a mean thing to do. Uh, but what's interesting is all over the world, you have stories of um, ghosts attached to cemeteries and roads in particular, um, especially in the United States. You have a lot of stories of, of the hitchhiker ghosts mm -hmm. that they take, they want to go back to their home or to the cemetery, and then when you get there, they're not there anymore, but... Nina's a little different. She runs into the road and scares you into crashing your car. So, And for those of you who've never been to Mexico, and like I said, Annie and I were just there, I could not look out the window, the front window, while we were driving because I felt like we were going to die every about five minutes with the number of cars swerving into our lane or us swerving into their lane. I don't know how there's not head-ons everywhere down there. It's so scary. It's just not the same laws. It's not the same laws. There's not, you know, people drive at their own speed and they pass in, on scary roads. And even our bus driver with a bus full of people, I would be looking down the road and people would be swerving into our lane. And he was eating lunch. And he was eating lunch while he was driving. And yeah, it was scary. So Nina causes car accidents. Maybe that's just, you know. Maybe it's not hard in Mexico. Maybe it's not hard to cause an accident in Mexico, no. Um, the other one is David, um, a little boy named David, and um, he's a little bit different. So David's a little bit different. He would will talk to people in the cemetery. Uh, he'll walk up and talk to you, and give you directions. He's actually very helpful, David. Apparently, oh, and um, and then vanish before your eyes. Or I like David a little better. Yeah, David's a little bit less, you know destructive than Nina <laughs> causing accidents. But apparently there's a lot of um, uh, video of people seeing um, small children running around the cemetery and disappearing uh, in Mexico City. So that's, that's one that's really creepy. Another one that is, it's actually kind of famous. Ghost adventurers have been there. Um, uh, Josh Gates, and if you're listening, Josh Gates, we'd love to meet you. Um, <laughs> that's have, like, lunch. have lunch sometime. Have lunch sometime. Talk about this. This is awesome. It's uh, 
Actually, the Island of the Dolls, which is outside of Mexico City. Have you heard of the Island of the Dolls? That place is creepy. That's super creepy. I want to go investigate there at night. That would be so cool. I I, I adore John, but there's not always the enthusiasm on my part to go all the same places that he is. He wants me to visit some of the places in his book, and I'm like, no, no, thank you. I, I believe, and that's that's good. That's good. We, we do have to go to the hotel in, in Colorado um, where... Uh, Stephen King wrote The Shining. No, no. Anyway. No, no. But the Island of the Dolls, for those of you that don't know, outside of Mexico City, there's a lot of um, inlets and, and canals and everything. And there's an island that was inhabited by a hermit named uh, Don Santana. Don Santana. And um, one day when he was on the island, a little girl drowned in front of the island. And he was very distraught by that. And so he started buying dolls to appease the spirit of this little girl that drowned. And so the rest of his life, he filled this thing full of dolls. They're hanging everywhere. Well, and then... people even sent dolls to him. And uh, he ended up drowning in the same spot or the same canal as the girl did. And I believe it's his nephew that owns the island now. But it's still filled with dolls. And it, the dolls are inhabited by spirits and there's a lot of creepy things that go on there including you know hearing people drowning the dolls laughing um some in including when the ghost adventurers were there one of the dolls started laughing and talking like it would normally do if it had batteries but it didn't have batteries in it um you can see on uh, some of some of the camera with the dolls heads moving um I think the Just show we watched, creepy. it showed like a shadow figure behind the lady that was on Josh Gates' show. Yeah. And there was a shadow behind her, and they couldn't prove that it was a shadow person. Right. Because of the way the, the lighting was and everything, but it sure did not look like it was moving the same way that she was. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, and you do have to get permission to go out there, obviously, um, but uh, yeah, a lot of different things that go on out there. Um, let's see, each doll is supposedly haunted out there now. Um, people will go out there and light candles and give hard candy and bring other dolls as an offering to the spirits. Um, like I said, the dolls move, they'll call to you, they speak out. Um, there's also the, the ghost of Don, the guy that used to there, Don. His ghost has been seen wandering around on the island as well now uh, since he's passed away. Um, there'll be loud ex kind of like cracks, almost like somebody's um, snapping or uh, clapping in your ear when you're there. Um, orbs again are all over the island. Yeah, so a lot, a lot of creepy things that go on out there. There's several shows about it. There's several YouTube uh, videos as well. If you guys want to look uh, look those up and see them, um, dolls are kind of a creepy thing to begin with. I think it has a lot to do with the fact that they're supposed to be an innocence thing with little kids and little girls. And um, there's this this thing the where the the way spirits want to um, just kind of convert or pervert Lure. innocent things into Lure. yeah into weird things but yeah the island of the dolls is definitely something that's 
I would love to go see someday. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, and I'll take Annie with me. That would be cool. We'll do a whole show about it. That'd be awesome. Still but shaking my head. Still shaking your head, no. One more thing, too, that is really prevalent, especially in Mexican culture, is Hispanic culture. I guess I should say, I apologize. Hispanic culture. Well, just just keep in mind <clears> that we're very, maybe uneducated on how exactly to say how, all that. How so exactly don't be to offended. say. No, don't it's be offended. Just... Not, yeah, I'm just, uh, Hispanic culture is the bruja. You know what a bruja is? No. It's a witch. Bruja is Spanish for witch. And witches show up a lot in uh, Spanish culture, in stories, and here we don't we think of witches and we don't think of them as actual not very many people you would walk up to and be like do you believe in witches and they'd be like no you know not you know but it's really big in the hispanic culture and it shows up a lot in the spanish culture so i interviewed a woman for one of my books Uh, her name is amia okay and she is a second generation um uh Hispanic living in the United States, but her parents are from Mexico. And in particular, I believe it was her dad is from, or her mom is from central Mexico. And when she was, she was, grew up in New Mexico, but when she was little, around 10, her mom would send her uh, on in the summertime to live with her grandma in central Mexico. And her mom, grandma lived in this little, little house um, outside of this town. And, um, she remembered that her grandma would warn her about going outside at night at all. You can't go outside at, at night at all. And she said, the bruja would get you if you go out. And she was like, yeah, sure, grandma, whatever. And then her grandma finally told her the story. When her grandma was 12, she was trying to get the goats back, um, the goats and the sheep back. Um, and it was getting dark. And this old woman showed up and said, will you help me home? And and her grandma got this really bad feeling and was like, no, I've got to get home. I've got to get home. And she couldn't see her face, this old woman. And then all of a sudden she screamed and, and, and attacked her. And her dog saved her. Her dog came between her and the bruja. And she was able to get home. And uh, for like 10 days after that, it kept coming to the house and knocking on the door and trying to get her grandma um, when she was little. And I believe they ended up having to get a, pre- a priest or something to bless the house and, and the bruja left. But her grandma had seen it many years since. Um, and in fact, she said the last time she went to go see her grandma, the bruja had came to the house before she'd showed up and and talked about her little granddaughter coming and she was going to get her and all this stuff. So um, jump forward to when Amia's uh, 17 and her and a couple of her friends in New Mexico, they're out just partying. They live in a small town out there and they go out to the desert to just watch the stars, you know. So they pull off the road and they're sitting on the hood of the car and they can hear something walking up behind, you know, towards the car and they flip on the lights. They jump in the car and flip on the lights and it's an old woman with a cane and and just creepy face and starts laughing at them and she's like it's you know the bruja whatever and they start up the car and tried to get away and it it flies at the car and they they barely get away you know scared to death and she believes it's the same bruja that was after her grandma somehow had found her and you know creeped her out you know super scary um 
and she contacted me after one of her one of my shows that I'd done and wanted to tell me her story and it was really cool because it was actually it was the first time I talked to anybody who had ties to Mexico personally um, and any of the stories like that so it was really cool to talk to her and um, you know they don't like to talk about it in their family and in their their stuff because they actually believe that somehow this bruja is attached to their family in particular and she's worried about it coming back even though it's been many, many years, you know, since she was 17 and saw it. And so, but some of the things about uh, the Bruja in uh, Mexico, some of this might sound familiar. Um, some of them are uh, often have a pack of black dogs associated with them. Oh, that sounds know. familiar. Sounds very familiar, doesn't it? Also, a uh, lantern or bright uh, light that they carry with them sounds familiar. sounds familiar um for those of you who don't know this is very similar to witch hecata that lives up logan canyon she's associated to with a pack of dogs and a light um a ball of light that she carries or turns into a ball of light so i didn't realize those connections until recently when i was doing studying for this that there was a connection that way between the two different kinds of witches huh. i don't know if it's the same kind of witch or something but uh, very interesting well, like you said each culture has Similar things. Yeah, similar things. Yeah. And I cut you off. I apologize. No, it's but okay. No, they have very similar things. We just call them different. We call them witches. They call them brujas. Um, and uh, that's one. Bruja is probably one that I would be like, no, nah, I don't want to have anything to do with one of those. There's very few that I've been be like, nah, I don't want to. No, that's one. Really? I don't know why. Yeah, it scares me. I don't know why. You know, it's, I'm like, nah. That surprises so. me. Right. There's few. That are like that for me. Like I'd love to see the the gnomes or the little people, Bigfoot, UFOs, and, but for some reason the Bruja is like no. But Nina, you one. want Nina to come? No, see. I don't want her to <laughs> crash my car either. Now, absolutely not. Um, John, couple likes, of the, John likes the happy ghost. <laughs> I like the happy ghost. I don't even mind scary ghosts, but I don't know why the Bruja scares the crap out of me. But it really does. Mm. Even shadow people don't really, you know. I'm sure in the moment I'd be scared, but, um, but, uh, you know, other things is the the Bruja will fly. They're known to fly almost not on a broom, but they fly. There's a story that I, I saw where they interviewed a police officer in Mexico city that was attacked by a Bruja at night and it flew at his car and hit his windshield. Um, again, a pack of dogs, um, which is interesting because in culture, in like, when you think of witches in, in Halloween witches and stuff, what do they have with them? A broom. A broom and a black cat, right? And yet when you get into, you know, the real story of brujas and witches, it seems to be pack of dogs and um, flying without a broom, obviously. But um, it's, it's, it's really interesting how a lot of folklore and stories that we have seem to be rooted in um, real-world things that people have, have in, encountered. I came across one story that was really interesting of a, of a girl that grew up in Mexico, in a small town in Mexico, and again, on the edge of the, fo of, of the desert. And she used to love to sleep with the window open so she could see the stars. Mm -hmm. And when she was around 10 years old, she woke up in the middle of the night with her window open and she got really scared. For no reason. She didn't know why she was scared. And she looked out the window and flying in front of the house was a bruja, a witch, an old woman. 
and they locked eyes and she hurried and slammed her door and then um, got under her covers and she didn't know how long she sat there scared to death before she fell asleep again but then when she woke up she woke up to screaming and she realized it was her screaming and she was halfway out the window with the bruja trying to drag her out and her sister grabbing onto her legs and pulling her in and the bruja let go and she fell back in with her sister um and uh but apparently they there's a lot of um folklore around uh creatures or or women or brujas that like to steal little kids um that seems to be what they really like to do well you had a story in your last book about the the woman in green yeah yeah i was gonna say the woman in red the woman in green woman in green right um and and that story was about a woman who was I had interviewed her and she was gone, she'd gone to church and she lived she was visiting her parents um, in a little town in Mexico and she'd gone to church and then on the way back a woman in green showed up um, in an abandoned lot wanting to see her daughter and it flew and attacked at her trying to steal her daughter. Yeah, um, she, her daughter saw it before she did. Yeah, Several daughter. times on the way, uh-huh. and, and then on the way back before right. she actually saw it. Right, and there's uh, associated with um, a spirit, um, and that could be associated with brujas as well, of women who have lost children in childbirth. They've died in childbirth, and so have their children, and then they wander the earth trying to steal other people's children. Um, really super creepy, for sure, but... yeah. Um, so yeah, so the Bruja is definitely one that's scary um, on on the the form of it, but um, doing doing my research, yeah, you know, we're gonna I I know in the future we're gonna do another one on Mexico because it's just a long list as long as your leg of uh, different creatures, paranormal things, UFOs, weird stuff that go on in Mexico, and um, their culture is very uh, steeped in. Um, folklore and not superstition i don't want to call it superstition but a little bit bit of superstition um kind of you know where um they just have these beliefs and it's passed down and they're rooted in in you know natural causes or or unnatural causes Mm -hmm. and it's just fascinating and fun to learn about you know yeah even after 30 some odd years of research on the paranormal i learn something new every time especially when i go into another country and um start learning things so it's 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 amazing but so that's uh that's stranger mexico um part was, one part one i guess yeah we'll we'll come back to it but um not necessarily next but we will definitely come back to it and i have to say um a lot of the people when we met went to mexico were so nice and it was a lot of fun uh, it wasn't our first time in mexico but it was the first time in that part of mexico um, yeah. down in tulum and tulum is exploding um it was a small town now it's getting to be a really big town yeah um, but, yeah and it was the first time we kind of were ventured out on our own and we weren't necessarily with a group of people or right. on a cruise or anything like that so right. there were some challenges there with the language and right and customs and that kind of thing but um but yeah it was a lot of fun yeah it was a lot of fun especially yeah. like learning about the ruins and 
how the calendars, you know, relate to all that and the symbolism and Oh yeah. It's just it was very cool. Yeah. Very cool. And and like I said before, visiting Chichen Itza was on my bucket list Mine of too. things to do. Um I've got a long bucket list apparently, but um uh, to see the temple and and realize the history that went on there and the amount of I guess you could say blood, like the amount of people that have died mm-hmm. there in sacrifices and stuff. And you can't have something like that and not have a great paranormal um, feeling and vibe going on there. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just I mean, can't. The, the big celebrations were on the equinox, but right now I'm remembering that she said nobody really knows how many people were sacrificed right. and how often that happened to appease the rain god. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's super amazing. It's a rich history. Right. It's and again, I'd love to go there at night if that was ever possible. It's hard to feel the paranormal when people are taking pictures pretending to hold up the hold up the the the, the temple. They're like all these people taking selfies and holding it. It's kind of hard to, to touch get the, the top or touch or this up. Yeah, jump. it's hard to feel the yeah. feel the paranormal vibe, I guess, when that's going on with so many people. But it was still amazing. Don't get me wrong. So yeah, I kind of felt it. it when we were standing by that cenote yeah the cenote way all the girls got dropped in and that um that was you could feel sort of an aura Mm -hmm. right there because it wasn't not a whole lot of people took the time to walk down that little quarter three four mile path yeah i mean there were vendors everywhere but they um yeah that was kind of a macabre moment where you just and you realize too that with all these people that were all these women that were tossed in there with their jewels and and all of this, and that some man had the gumption to the man that owned the land found this, this out and jumped down in there and gathered, gathered all this. all of it up. Yep, took all the bones and everything out. And when she was telling us that story, I kept thinking of the fact that um, throughout all of folklore, throughout all of history, there's nothing that's more taboo or more jinxed, I guess you could say. Um, or that's going to give you a um, a curse is disturbing somebody's um, resting place. Yeah, and he uh, just went down and he there. He just went and there and took it all. Gathered all yeah. the jewels and probably. I mean, she was saying that there's very few of them that even remain in Mexico to be shown. Yeah, because they took them all, and yeah, that's that to me. That's disrespectful. And above that, you know, um, here's here's an interesting fact. Um, I had a conversation with somebody. Uh, they they had a child that had died here, and they had decorated their their the cemetery their plot um, for stuff for their birthday. And somebody came along and stole it all, and were really upset. And I said, "Well, I want to just put this out there to if that person is listening um, or reading this conversation. Throughout history, there is no worse curse you can bring upon yourself than stealing from somebody's plot." from stealing from somebody's resting place so bring it back if you can because and if it was a child that didn't know better right you know then then shame on the parents for not watching them but right um but yeah that's that's not i mean even coins and things that are left on on gravestones those are there for a reason Reason. and they have a meaning or they wouldn't be left there Yeah, you can't take those and and that was one thing when i told annie i'm like don't don't take anything from the ground here while we're at Chichu. No Chichu. rocks. So don't nothing. take rocks. Don't take nothing like uh, It's not worth it. One day, we'll, one day again, I hate to do this, but we're going to have a, a whole thing about curses and, and taking stuff like that because there's a whole story to be told about that. But Anyway, hey, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Sorry it took so long to get it out. Um, 
appreciate you listening. And uh, if you love it, the show, please rate it. Um, you know, give us a comment. Contact us. Let us know how we're doing. Share and it with your friends. Share it with your friends. Uh, just let us know. So we appreciate you guys coming. I am, as always, John. <laughs> as always, Annie. As always, Annie. Uh, thanks, guys. Have a great day. Bye. And a big thanks to everybody for listening to Stranger Bridgeland Podcast. Big shout out to our great sponsors. Idaho Falls Plumbing Company. If you are in need of plumbing help, give them a call. And Cash Valley Endocrine and Family Medicine for all your family medicine needs. And as always, thanks to Stranger Bridgerland Book Series. Check out Stranger Bridgerland. Thank you for joining us in the world of the paranormal. For more stories, visit StrangerBridgerland.com.